Greetings! With the season of joy upon us, it's time for getting together with family, perhaps sharing a drink with friends new and old. In the holiday spirit, we present the short story, Thanks But We Ate Already, by yours truly, Juliana Rue. Thank you for stopping by this science fiction podcast from Third Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado. The story's read by Keely Rue. Thanks, but we ate already. By Juliana Rue. A car horn blared behind Mindy as she idled outside her brother's dorm. She grimaced involuntarily, her hands gripping the steering wheel. Yeah, she was double parked. So what? She stared daggers into the rearview mirror, but the woman behind her didn't acknowledge her glare. She wasn't in such a rush. Mindy would have gotten out and ripped the old biddy a new one. Just a sec, all right? She glanced apologetically at her boyfriend in the back seat, reached for her phone, punching in Joey's number. Hurry up, lame brain. The motor's running and we're late. Joey went to state, while Mindy majored in pre-med at A&M. The two colleges were in the same city, but Mindy rarely talked to her younger brother, unless he got drunk or into trouble. She'd promised her parents she'd give him a ride home. Her mother had also insisted she bring her new boyfriend, Chaz. God, Mom sure outdid herself with the guilt this year, she thought. Mindy never liked coming home for the holidays. Everybody always ate too much, and she didn't see the point of gorging yourself silly just for some arbitrary date on the calendar. She'd finally gotten the hang of eating responsibly, with minimal impact on the environment, once away from her parents' influence, and she viewed the holidays as a minefield waiting to blow her diet sky high. Mindy could just picture Mom and Dad now, pushing her to have another helping, dear. You're way too skinny. Are they starving you at that school? Mindy smoothed her hand over the skirt of her magenta silk cocktail dress, which she had triumphantly squeezed into. The look on Chaz's face tonight had been worth it all. Poor Chaz. She dreaded what her parents might do to him. Probably pick him apart unmercifully. No one was ever good enough for their girl. Small wonder Chaz was so silent. The horn blurred again. She heard the trunk open, and Joey tossed his duffel bag in. He slammed the tailgate shut with a womp that forced all of the air in the car straight into her eustachian tubes. The big gorilla. Joey hopped into the front seat beside her, and while he was still looking around for a seatbelt, Mindy floored it and headed for the interstate. Who's the stiff? Joey asked, gesturing towards Chaz. Shut up, Joey. Joey, Chaz. Chaz, Joey. Some man, Joey said with a smirk. Joey started pushing buttons on the radio and finally settled on one of those serious bands that play all emo all the time. He was finding it hard to outgrow his high school goth phase and still wore a spiky blue tip do and a tiny gold nose ring. They hummed along with the cures, never enough. Mindy shot onto the highway and settled into the left lane at a comfortable 80 miles per hour. She was more worried than she let on about taking Chaz home for the holidays. Things were actually getting pretty serious. The main trouble was, Chaz's mother had also thought they were getting serious, so she had insisted they eat with her. She'd laid on a full dinner with all the trimmings. What do you do when both sets of parents claim first visitation rights? She and Chaz did their best to make up a believable excuse for why they had to leave early. But then 
then things had gotten a little out of hand, and Mindy had argued with Chaz's mother about the right way to make the dressing. She was sorry now that she'd caused a big fight over such a little thing, but who'd use garlic and oysters and no sage, anyway? I guess I'm just spoiled, Mindy thought. Mother's such a fantastic cook, and she trained at the Cordon Bleu. Her mom was always talking about her Paris days. They drove for about half an hour on the nearly deserted roads. Mindy remembered when her parents' neighborhood was considered the sticks, miles away from downtown. Now the family home was in the middle of suburbia, surrounded by urban sprawl. Mindy veered across the lanes to her exit, ignoring the road rage honks of two semis she had cut off. You snooze, you lose, she muttered. Dusk had arrived early. The frost in the air created a purplish halo around the waxing moon. Her folks' porch light was off. Mindy killed the motor. Joey, you should offer to hang some lights for Dad, she said. You're the beanpole of the family. Whatever, he replied. They knocked at the door. The doorbell had been broken for years. Her father opened the door and gave them all a hug. Hey, Mother. Mindy's here. Why don't you come out and say hello? I'm sure the dinner can wait five minutes. Mindy noted with some satisfaction that her dad hadn't been parked in front of the TV watching football. Unlike Chaz's dad, he just didn't seem that interested in violent sports. Mindy's mom came out of the kitchen, wiping her hands on a heavy white apron, folded over at the waist. It was stained pink with smears of watery blood, like a scene out of Julia Child's cooking show. Mindy couldn't get over why anyone killed turkeys anymore these days, or any kind of meat for that matter. But she knew it was pointless to try and tell her mother that she was vegetarian now. Well, not a strict vegetarian, of course. But she didn't eat meat, or fish, or turkey, no matter how fresh. And right now, she wasn't a bit hungry, and neither was Chaz, she was sure. So where's this fiancé I've been hearing so much about? Her father asked. Oh, is this him? Dad, she said, embarrassed. He's not my fiancé. We've just dated a while. The usual loser, said Joey rudely. Shut up, Mindy reminded him. The holiday table was gorgeous, set with gold candelabras and charger plates. Hey, Mom, we brought you something to go with dinner. Oh, how thoughtful, sweetheart, her mother said, ignoring the wine and reaching out to take Chaz's hand. I hope you didn't ruin your appetite with Chaz's parents. How did her mother know she ate over there first? Damn, she had a way of reading your thoughts. Why don't you both pour yourself something? Mindy's mother continued, and I'll set out the crudités. With pleasure, Joey said, grabbing a goblet and pulling the ice pick out of the pewter bucket on the sideboard. They were just about to go into the dining room when there was a summons at the door. That's funny, Mindy's father said. That doorbell's been busted for years. I must be hearing things. He went to the door, shut one eye, and squinted through the peephole. Uh-oh, it seems to be a police officer. Now, Mindy, did you observe the speed limit coming over here? I hope you haven't been calling attention to yourself again. People were always on Mindy's case for driving too fast. She didn't understand the problem. She had very quick reflexes. Her father opened the door a crack. Mr. George Wyvern? That's me. We received a 911 call about a disturbance at the home of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Chapman. When we got there, uh, both of them were dead, or nearly so. Exsanguinated. <laughs> Joey said from behind Dad's shoulder. Exsanguinated. So old school. 
The cop blinked, and then continued. Before she died, uh, Miss Chapman said there'd been a fight with her son Chaz, and that he was coming here. Uh, may I come in? Avec plaisir. The cop glanced around. Is Chaz here? Mindy's heart sank. It had just been a little kerfuffle about the stuffing, and now the police were trying to blame Chaz for murdering his parents. It was completely absurd, when, really, she had started it all. She stepped forward. They were fine when we left, officer, she said. At least, she thought they might have been, so it wasn't a total lie. And, uh, you are? Cop asked, pulling out his notepad. I'm Mindy Wyvern. Chaz's fiance. There, she'd said it. Everyone happy now? May I uh, talk to him? The cop asked. I'm afraid that won't be possible, her father said. He is indisposed. Indisposed, huh? The cop reached for the HT radio on his lapel and started to call for backup. Unfortunately, while he was pushing the talk button, Joey had been lifting his revolver from its holster and smashing his brains out with it. The cop put up a terrific fight, but he was no match for Mindy's brothers in human strength. Looks like we'll be having an extra guest for dinner, her mother said. At least it won't require another place setting. Mmm, something smells good. Shall I do the carving? Her dad asked as Joey threw Chaz's limp form over his shoulder and whisked him into the dining room. Quick as a wink, he reappeared and fetched the cop as well. That would be lovely, George, her mom said. Oh, and now don't drip him on the carpet, Joey. Eat up, everyone. Remember, we've got to bury the police cruiser after dinner, and the ground's pretty close to frozen. Oh, and Mindy, we're just thrilled that you've finally picked a partner. I can already see Chaz will be a lovely addition to our family. I so look forward to getting to know him better when he's properly undead. It's so romantic. We'll get some mistletoe for New Year's Day, just like they do in France. Yeah, congrats, Joey said. Chaz is all right. Kind of quiet, though. Well, Mindy thought, maybe I could hold just one more bite. Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns.